This is the Rocky Mountain Review. I'm J.D. Layton. I'm Emily Moshek. Only on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. And welcome to the Rocky Mountain Review, your news talk show here on KCSU Fort Collins. I am your host, Emily Moshak, and I'm joined in studio by my co-host. I'm J.D. Layton. And our reporters. I'm Maximus Hunter. And I'm Katie Otter. We have a great show for you today, packed with local news, a feature from our very own reporter, as well as some interesting discussions about the fire pit curfew and some phrasing about what happened in Sri Lanka over the weekend. But in the meantime, Katie, what's our local news? All right, I am Katie Otter with your local news. According to the Denver Channel, the Cheyenne Mountain Zoo announced Tuesday morning that one of their wolves, named Luna, had given birth at 5.10 a.m. on Friday. The puppy appears strong, the zoo said, and Luna is acting maternal. The Rocky Mountain Wild Animal Care Team wasn't sure how many puppies Luna was carrying, but after watching her for 24 hours after the puppy was born, they determined that there was just one. The newborn is now part of an existing pack made of its mother, Father Navarro, and its four one-year-old siblings, Blue Stem, Hope, Shadow, and Phoenix. Rocky Mountain Wild Animal Manager Dina Bredal says, quote, each new Mexican wolf in the world is one more step towards saving the species since the population is so small, end quote. Currently, there are 131 wild Mexican wolves and about 300 in human care. This puppy at the Cheyenne Mountain Zoo could go on to help repopulate the species in the wild. According to the Reporter Herald, kayaking and rafting aficionados in Boulder County and across northern Colorado are celebrating the recent spring storms that boosted snowpack levels for river basins throughout the state, even further above average. Now they are anticipating a longer whitewater season than normal with rapids of ideal extremity for local streams. The rate at which snow melts off the peaks determines everything, and while Longmont resident Landis Arnold fears warm weather arriving too quickly to make for a fast runoff and a shorter-than-wanted yet extreme whitewater season, U.S. Olympic kayaker Scott Shipley is confident it won't be too ephemeral. I've never seen it. Quote, I've never seen that fast runoff that everyone talks about, end quote, Shipley says. It always seems like we have a bit of a cold spell in May, which surprises everyone. On the best years, it starts to melt and it lasts, end quote. According to Fox 31 News, high school sports officials shortage in Colorado. Low pay, fan behavior, driving referees away. Officials across the country are hanging up their whistles due to low pay, poor fan behavior, or career changes. Most officials would tell you they don't do it for the money, but rather the love of the game and to give back to the student-athletes. On Wednesday, the CHSAA's Legislative Council will vote on a proposal that would, could increase the pay substantially for some officials in some sports. Under the new plan, basketball referees would receive $60 per game, that's up $8 from the current payout, or a 15% raise. Scooter official, so, I'm sorry, soccer officials would receive a $7 pay bump per game for a total of $59 per game. It will also include an increased travel stipend for officials in all sports. 
quote, everyone stays in it for a reason and everyone leaves for a reason, said Jeff Gatto, an area director for basketball officials. Is it the money? We don't do it for the money. It's nice to be compensated fairly for what we're doing. I hope with this increase, we can say yes, end quote. Officials in most other CHSAA sanctioned sports receive about a $2 pay increase per game in 2018. At noon today, deputies from the Larimer County Sheriff's Office responded to a complaint about a transient male who was harassing people at a playground near the 400 block of South Court in unincorporated Larimer County, according to a press release from the Larimer County Sheriff's Office. The male was initially issued a verbal warning about his behavior, but after he was released, it was discovered that he provided a false identity. It was then learned that he is an 18-year-old Giovanni Lopez Chavez and wanted on a warrant. He tried fleeing the scene on foot, and officers pursued him until he locked himself in a bathroom inside of a local business. Lopez Chavez disobeyed commands to exit the restroom, so the Larimer County Regional SWAT team, as well as Fort Collins Police Services, responded to the business. Lopez Chavez was taken into custody after a brief standoff. He was booked into Larimer County Jail for burglary, criminal impersonation, and obstructing a peace officer. Uh, That is two felonies and a misdemeanor, respectively. Anyone with information about this incident is urged to call the Larimer County Sheriff's Office at 970-416-1985 or the Crime Stoppers of Larimer County at 970-221-6868. That does it for your local news. I'm Katie Otter, and thank you to reporter Allison Tackett for her local reporting. Thank you, Katie and Allison. Now, up next, we have a special story from you. Can yes. you give our listeners a little preview? Yes, so it is Earth Week uh, right now going on, and I was able to sit down with the president of the CSU Zero Waste team. They put on a Zero Waste Symposium during Earth Week. Um, So yeah, this is just a little bit of information about the symposium going on this week. um, We had Earth Week was on Sunday, I believe, the 27th. Oh, Earth Day Day. was on Monday. Monday, okay. So Earth Day was yesterday. So this is a, uh, they're putting on a symposium all week this week to celebrate Earth Week. So stay tuned for a little bit more information on that. I'm Katie Otter with the Rocky Mountain Review, and I am sitting here with the president of the Zero Waste team, Victoria Halligan. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. So you are here to tell us about the Zero Waste Symposium happening during Earth Week. Is this a event put on by the Zero Waste team? So it is put on by the Zero Waste team, but we're collaborating with a few different organizations this year. Uh, the Students Sustainability Center ASCSU and PLAN, Post Landfill Action Network, who we're partnered with. How many years has the uh, symposium been going on? So this is going to be the second year. Last year it only lasted for two days, and this year it's going to be a three-day extravaganza. We're going to start off Tuesday, April 23rd, at a Food Forward panel, and it's going to be enacting food justice in Fort Collins and beyond. It's going to be in the LSC Theater from 6 to 8.30 p.m. And Dr. Joshua Sabika, author of Food Justice Now, is going to be the keynote address, uh, talking about you know different connections between food activism and social justice. And then it'll be followed by a question and answer panel with local orgs, 
uh, such as the Growing Project, the Food Bank. Uh, one of the professors on campus, Dr. Buzlow, who works a lot in urban horticulture, and uh, Fogo Cafe and Food Not Bombs will be present too for that day. And then uh, Wednesday, April 24th, in the LSC Ballroom D, from 5.30 to 8, we have Imagining a Zero Waste City. And uh, that's going to be more of like a roundtable discussion. So speakers will come up, talk for 15, 20 minutes, give their spiel on who they are and how they're enacting change within the community of revolving waste. And then it'll be more in like a roundtable style so Mm -hmm. people can talk and... I don't know, get more connected with the speakers. So we have a few different speakers. Tool Lending Library, that's a part of EcoCycle, which rents out uh, tools to the community at cheap prices will be there. A1 Organics, which is a composting business and Loveland. The City of Fort Collins Recycling Committee will be talking about the future of the landfill and different diversion centers around town. Meg from the Post Landfill Action Network, who we're partnered with on campus, will also be talking about the importance of like the point of intervention tour and how people can personally enact intervention within the waste industry. Um, and then we're also going to be having some art pieces around oh. the room. Church of Earth, uh, Rachel Becker and Emma Fox are going to be debuting their trash temple. And then we will also have pieces fashion pieces from Thursday event and then the last day which is super exciting really hyped for this one in the LSC Plaza there's going to be a trash and show from 11 to 1 a trash and show so like on a taking on a fashion show but with trash basically just making outfits out of reused materials so like repurposing um, I've seen people make clothes out of trash bags out of um, eco bricks Honestly, it's just really up to your own imagination. And I believe ASCSU will be hosting the first ever pop-up thrift store in the plaza as well. Oh, wow. And this is all happening, uh, like we mentioned, during Earth Week. When is Earth Day? Earth Day is during the weekend. Tell us a little bit about the Zero Waste team itself. Obviously, you're putting on this awesome symposium with a lot of different uh, organizations around campus. But tell me a little bit more about what you guys do Yeah, so the team kind of started out as a diversion crew. Mm -hmm. Uh, When the new stadium, Canvas Stadium, was built, we recognized that they had the first ever public access compost bins. So we gathered a bunch of waste weirdos together, (laughs) as we like to call ourselves, and worked top sorting through, made sure that the streams weren't contaminated because we have a composting facility in the West Foothills campus where a lot of the compost material goes. So yeah, we kind of started just from sorting through trash at the stadium. (laughs) I think a lot of people don't know that behind almost every building now, there is a 60 gallon compost bin and that is right next to recycling and trash cans. Uh, They're a big brown bin, can't miss them. So if you're looking for a place to compost on campus, all your eco product containers that's a really good place to go if you don't want to walk all the way to the dining halls if someone listening right now wants to get involved with the zero waste team want to join the waste weirdos how would one go about doing that so if you want to get involved with the team you can come to our weekly meetings which are in warner on the third floor the treehouse room on the east side 
part of the new extension of Warner Building. We meet every Wednesday, so feel free to stop by anytime. And if you're unable to find us during the meeting time, feel free to email csuzerowasteteam at gmail.com. If someone wants to find out more information on the symposium, where could that be found? So there's a Facebook event where we have everything more in detail and where everything is going to be. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming in and talking to me and spreading the word about Zero Waste. Thanks for having me. For 90.5 KCSU, I'm Katie Otter with the Rocky Mountain Review. Welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review, your news talk show here on KCSU Fort Collins. I am your host, Emily Moshak, and I'm joined in studio by my co-host. I'm J.D. Lee. As well as our reporters. I'm Maximus Hunter. And I'm Katie Otter. We are about to have a little discussion today, so if you want to join in, you can call or text us at 970-491-5278. That's 970-491-KCSU. So, what's going on, J.D.? I know you were particularly heated about this issue. Aha, that's funny because it's all about <laughs> fire pits. Uh, so, Fort Collins has recently introduced a, uh, the city council has recently introduced a, a, a new ban on, or not a ban, but a curfew on fire pits. So, after 10 p.m., no fire pits. Why? Mm. Why? That's, that's my yeah, that's opinion. I can, I, the only thing I can think of off the top of my head is that um, the smoke like going into people's houses. Like in the summer, people like to have their windows open. So it could be a thing for like next door neighbors or other neighbors in the neighborhood who have their windows open and they don't want like bonfire smoke wafting in. Mm -hmm. But that's the only thing I could really think of, right? I think think it's meant to like keep like like noise down at night. That's what I was gonna say because most people who have a fire pit are probably playing music or drinking. Yeah, and could get loud. But you could you don't necessarily need a fire pit for that. Yeah, exactly. It's like I like having fires. I'm not a particularly rowdy or rambunctious person, and uh, I, you know, it, it bums me out because now it's like, oh, if I want to have a fire pit that's later in the night when it's actually dark. Yeah, yeah that's I do agree. I think I can understand setting a curfew of maybe midnight or one a.m., but yeah. ten p.m. It's, it's a little early. Just gotten it's dark. Just got pitch at, at, at ten p.m. What if I want to roast some marshmallows like calmly on my own? What if that's the only way I cook they my will, food? <laughs> nah, they will. They will get on you on that. Um, and and you know, there's a lot of people who are pretty upset about this. There's a petition going around. I think there's something like almost three thousand signatures on it, which is pretty crazy because Fort Collins mm. isn't that big. Um, oh, I'd sign uh, it. I'd sign it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and apparently the the biggest point of contention with this this legislation is that it's kind of ram rammed through. So like people really didn't know what they were voting for. Mm. Mm-hmm. And now you have this curfew for your fire pits. It's like, come on. But it yeah. only affects wood-burning ones. So if you have a gas one, which really? has a gas fire pit. So my, my housing complex Actually, does. I do yeah. know someone like with a, a gas fire pit. Like a lot of apartment <laughs> complexes are fine. But yeah, like, I have like a pit in my backyard. Yeah. And I'd love to be able to use that whenever I want. Yeah, it'd be um, nice. I wouldn't, I don't, I don't want that like stopped. And it's, there's something so much fun about like burning fire just in the middle of the summer. <laughs> well, this is a great thing for summer, you know, a little campfire. It's a nice thing. I really think it's probably a better thing than not having them because it keeps everyone at their own houses. Yeah, that's true. Safely yeah. I have a question though. Partying. Do you get in trouble if 
Is it only if somebody calls and complains, or is it like a cop is driving by after 10 o'clock and smells the fire? I think it's probably both. It doesn't specify in this article, but mm. I'm assuming if someone is bothered by it and then calls the cops, yeah. then they'll be in trouble. And I guess if a police officer did drive by and see the fire, they would be able to do something about it. Do you it. get I don't arrested know. for I having know. a fire? I was like, no, but they'd be able to tell you fun. to stop it. Dang. <laughs> stop it, stop you. It. But that's why I really up. feel like this curfew isn't going to do that much. No, I'm going to try. I want to test it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see if anybody shows weeks. up. Yeah, well, my neighbors are pretty chill, so I'm going to see, you know, what happens. Well, do some live reporting then if anything yeah. does happen. Yeah. I get a knock on the door, that? turn the recorder on. Yeah, I really can't see it being enforced that well. Because, yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? It's kind of Put like the, the similar to the no vaping. Exactly. Rule. Like, how do you enforce that? And I don't even think fire pits, unless you're having a crazy party with a fire pit, right. are that noticeable. Like, if I, if my oh, neighbors yeah. were burning a fire, I wouldn't notice, really. Yeah. It doesn't seem like a, the kind of pressing problem that really needed legislative solution. I agree. <laughs> yeah. I agree with that. Well, they are trying to reverse it. Um, people have started signing a petition. They need 2,991 signatures by 5 p.m. on Thursday in order to compel city council to take action. Ah, uh, hmm. see, I misspoke. I said they had 3,000, but they, they need 3,000. Yes, they need uh, um, to get okay. 3,000. Um, they are trying to get even closer to 4,000 just to have that extra bump. Extra push, yeah. Yes. And where would one find this petition, did you say? Um, on the Facebook page, repeal Fort Collins fire pit curfew. Oh, gotcha. Mm, there's so a pretty, whole Facebook page. Yes, and I guess that's where the petition is, and they're trying to get up to 4,000 because there are certain rules, like um, you have to be registered to vote, you can't live outside of city limits. Oh, wow. Things like that. So I guess the issue has to directly affect you. Which hmm. makes sense. Yeah, that does make so sense. So you, you can't just do it out of passion. Interesting. For, for <laughs> so if you you're listening from out of state right pits. now. Yeah, no. Don't. don't. Yeah. Or, or move to Fort Collins, become a resident, and help us with this. Yeah. yeah. There we go. There's I would one be, way of looking at yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but hopefully that'll be mm. enough to at least get attention of city council, and they will either outright rescind the curfew, or they'll refer it to voters at the next general election hopefully they rescind it. so it sounds yeah. like it's gonna get i don't think it'll last silly. that long it's kind of stupid it's too early like 10 p.m is 10 so p.m early. is way yeah. too early especially on like a friday or saturday exactly night. and as summer comes and we already touched on how the sun get up, goes down later but um so is the, the petition to get rid of the curfew altogether or is it to push it back to a later time or does it's it to get rid say, of the curfew altogether get rid of it Although I could understand if it was at midnight, I'd be like, okay, uh, yeah, that's it's fine. a little bit more reasonable. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. But ten a or ten p.m. is just too early. I'd love to hear the official arguments for the curfew because I'm sure there's got to be some reason for it. But I know. For the life of me, I can't couldn't guess. I haven't been able to find any. Most people seem, or the only people that have really been in the media are the ones who are voicing their hmm. disapproval. Well, if any listeners out there have a strong opinion, either way, we'd love to hear it. Yes, yeah, we really absolutely. would. Again. You- Give us a call. Send us a text, 970-491-5278-970-491-KCSU. Hit We're gonna us take, on Twitter. Yes, at KCSU-FM. We would love to hear from you. We're going to take a quick break, but don't leave because we have a music segment about rapper Earl Sweatshirt coming up next. You're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review on 90.5 KCSU, Fort Collins. <laughs> Thank you. 
Open quote. There's all these different variables that go into creating a moment as opposed to creating a song. End quote. Earl Sweatshirt said with NPR's microphone check in 2015 after debuting his second studio album, I Don't Like Blank, I Don't Go Outside, an album by Earl Sweatshirt. Simply put, there was a moment created by the talented rapper in Denver on Thursday night. Denver, Colorado! After his three-year hiatus, 25-year-old came out with his third studio album, Some Rap Songs, which led to him headlining a tour that traveled through the Mile High City this past Thursday. Rolling Stone gave this album four out of five stars, praising it, saying, Open quote, Some Rap Songs is the rare album by an immensely talented lyricist who designs not to pull any, out any fireworks, opting to sink into the cushions of a therapist's couch in the search of an honest work of art. End quote. 2018 was filled with turmoil for this young rap star. From losing his father, his uncle, and freaking collaborator Mac Miller, it was a year marked with loss and pain. Open quote. Why ain't nobody tell me I was sinking? Ain't nobody tell me I could leave. End quote are a few lines to kick off his album alluding to the inner turmoil he's faced in his music career since 19. While waiting in line for the doors to open, I met two college kids, Eli and Craig. I asked them if they had any expectations for the night, and to my surprise, Craig said he'd seen Earl once before when he used to live in Washington, D.C. So how was that? Was, did you say that's probably like a really good experience, that's why you're coming back to see him again? Yeah, yeah, that, that was probably the best concert I've been to, so I'm looking forward to this one. Earl, being one of the most bone-chillingly truthful rappers and talented producers, came out in an attire the only way someone should expect him. A gray hoodie, gray Nike sweats, some pearly Air Force Ones, and a black jacket over the top. Unlike many artists, instead of hiding in the back until it was his set, Earl was grooving with his opening acts, Liv and Baby Mother, throughout both of their sets and hopping around on stage with them from time to time. The crowd's energy was vivacious, and all the performers were feeding off of it. It was 10.40 when Earl kicked off his set with the song Molasses from his 2013 album, Doris. Giving a little bit of a throwback bone to the crowd. At one point, Earl decided to ditch one sleeve of the arm of his black jacket, yet choose to keep the rest of it still on, like the fashion icon that he is. Some of the highlights from the concert were December 24th, Pre, Nowhere to Go, Grief, and Quest Power, playing in a range of his discography. The mood of the crowd varied from song to song, much of the time as it was one moment they'd be going bananas and the next they would be in their feelings. Earl is one of the most intrapersonal rappers in the game, and it was almost a tangible feeling he doesn't care about fame, but giving a well-rounded performance to the people who support him. The last couple of songs were DJ'd as Earl brought his friends back onto the stage to join him to close out the night. It may not have been a club any night, but Earl put on one of the best rap shows Cervantes has seen in a while. Yeah, no, I'm about to do it in code. It ain't no slave of my soul, but I keep the memories close by. Even when I ain't alone, I stick it thanks to the most high. I can't do favors no more if you play me broke you away from cosign. I take a plate to for 9.5 KCSU, I'm Zay Reyes. Bro, losing my 
I'm saying is gold. Tell me how you been faking the whole time. That's just And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review, your news talk show here on KCSU Fort Collins. I am your host, Emily Moshek, and I'm joined in studio by my co-host, J.D. Layton. And our reporters, I'm Maximus Hunter. And I'm Katie Otter. And we just heard a review of the Earl Sweatshirt concert. Wow, it's hard to say sweatshirt and concert really fast. Sweatshirt concert. Co- okay. <laughs> You've been proved wrong on Sweatshirt air. concert, sweatshirt concert, sweatshirt concert. Okay, sweatshirt. stop. Sorry. Okay. All right, guys. I messed up. But anyway, our programming director, Zay, was able to go to that concert and give a little sneak peek. And I've never heard Earl Sweatshirt before, but he sounds like someone I'd be down to. Down to listen to. Yeah. See if he's cool. That blows my mind because I feel like Earl Sweatshirt is fairly popular. Is he? And yeah. So I, he was lo- old school Loiter Squad, wasn't he? Yeah. 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 He so he's what? like right up there at Loiter Squad. Did you ever see the TV show Loiter Squad with no. Tyler the Creator yeah, and like so his whole crew on the road just kind of filming their antics? Oh, is that the one where he, like, Action Bronson is there and they're on a couch? No. Mm. Nope. nope. Okay, <laughs> I'm uncultured. I'm just, okay, well, we actually, we have an Earl Sweatshirt song, so I'm going to play a tiny little little clip so we can, I can learn. Promise hair, Ron, I put my fist up after I get my oh, okay. quick buck. Maybe He's really angry. Down. Yes. With that fucking float assistant, so the those men they tentatively tend to turn and go like when it. I ain't finished stone cold. Hardly fucking with these people. Listen, the description wow. doesn't. Wow. All right. Okay. Funny listening to the radio version. It is. It yeah. is funny. I definitely, well, you said he was with Tyler Creator at one point, right? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That sounds a lot like Tyler yeah, Creator. I could get down to something yeah, like that. It's like angsty flows, rap. Yeah. yeah angsty like, yeah. rap. I'm a fan of angsty rap. You know? I'm an angsty person. <laughs> anyway, so I don't worry. Right. Good to know. Well, thank you, Zay, for that lovely little tribute to Fort Collins music scene. We always appreciate it. But it's time for national news. Max, what is going on in the world? That's a great question. Hello, my name is Maximus Hunter, and this is your national news for Tuesday, April 23rd, 2019. You're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review here on 90.5 KCSU, Fort Collins. U.S. News reports that teens may be unaware that they are vaping nicotine. A study performed at Stony Brook Children's Outpatient Office asked 517 people between the ages of 12 to 21 about their habits. Out of all of those who claimed to use nicotine-free vapes, about 40% of them tested positive for nicotine in their urine. Each subject claimed they had used the nicotine-free vape in the last week. CNN finds that vaping is the second most popular form of substance use among teens besides alcohol. More than 17% of 8th graders reported vaping last year, and the same with more than a third of 12th graders. Sorry, 36% of the teens who took part in the Stony Brook survey reported ever having used a vape. The New York Times reports that the federal government pro- uh, prosecutors are bringing criminal charges against Rochester Drug Cooperative. The charges are the same kind that's given to drug dealers and cartels. Rochester Drug Cooperative has admitted to distributing opioids to illegal sources where they knew they would be abused, as well as defrauding the government. This is the first time federal criminal charges have ever been brought against a pharmaceutical company. Rochester Drug Cooperative agreed to a deal with prosecution that prevents the company from being charged for their actions, as long as they pay a settlement of $20 million, comply to all laws in the future, and submit to five years of observation. The U.S. State Department is offering up to $10 million 
to anybody who can provide information about the terrorist group Hezbollah. The State Department's Rewards for Justice program, started in 1984, reimburses citizens for assistance in matters of global importance. The Washington Post says that the Justice Department specifically wants information on Hezbollah's finances, how they make their money, and who handles it. The offer is not only available to U.S. citizens, but Israeli news has been reporting this as well. While Hezbollah is based in Lebanon, U.S. intelligence suspects their finances likely move through Iran. U.S. Customs and Border Patrol will begin implementing more facial recognition into their security protocol. Matthew Humphreys at PCMag reports that 15 U.S. airports already have full facial recognition technologies placed at the exits of airplane departure areas. The cameras take an image of your face, which is compiled with your passport, to create what they call an exit record. The exit record will be used to confirm your identity and prevent travel fraud. In 2017, over 15,000 flights had exit records at the airports which already had facial recognition. Over the course of those flights, about 7,000 people were discovered who had overstayed their visas. Because of the high success rate of the technology, Customs and Border Protection intends to spread facial recognition to 97% of airports in the next four years. This may drastically change the way we do travel and airport security. With your national news, my name is Maximus Hunter. You're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review here on 90.5 KCSU, Fort Collins. Thank you, Max. No problem. I, I can't believe that the teenagers don't know that they're vaping nicotine. I feel like it's like a part of, like, you, you can't not know that it's nicotine. So it, apparently they thought they were smoking, you know, nicotine-free juice, which does exist. Right. But I feel like that's a lie those teenagers told the people in the study because they didn't want to admit that they were seeking. That's totally possible. Yeah, I feel like if I was 14, I'd lie about it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think 40% the only people a big who number. are vaping that want nicotine-free vapes are people who are really trying to quit smoking. Yeah. I I knew a kid in high school who would never smoked and bought a dragon-shaped nicotine-free vape. And loved that thing. I just <laughs> takes all the, kinds, you know. I don't get the point. <laughs> it's yeah. that fruity, fruity flavor. Oh. You know, it's like blasting so. that sweet, yeah. sweet cloud. Yeah, smoking jelly beans. I, I, I smoke it a vape. It makes it sound like it's drugs, yeah. but it, it's just jelly bean-flavored vape. Interesting. Hmm. I don't quite understand it, but you know. I'm not going to encourage people to put nicotine in their vapes either. So. <laughs> Trying it's to fine. get popcorn long. Yeah, mm-mm, not Ugh, good. Gross. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break, but don't go away because when we come back, we have a discussion about the Sri Lanka bombings that happened over the weekend. Not about those themselves, but how political figures have been referring to them since because a lot of people are angry over a lack of the use of the word Christian in a lot of political figures' tweets, including President Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. So we're going to be discussing that when we come back from the break. If you'd like to join in on the discussion, give us a call or a text at 970-491-5278. That's 970-491-KCSU. You're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review, only here on 90.5 KCSU, Fort Collins. Welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review, your news talk show here on KCSU Fort Collins. I'm your host, Emily Moshek, and I'm joined in studio by my co-host. I'm J.D. Layton. And our reporters. I'm Maximus Hunter. And I'm Katie Otter. I would like to say, for those of you that just heard this little commercial about being a summer DJ, mm-hmm. that, was, that was cute. That it's was a good stuff. It's a nice one. I know. I agree, though, listener. If you 
are a CSU student and are wondering how you can be a part of KCSU so you can do stuff like the Rocky Mountain Review, then you should go to kcsufm.com or email training at kcsufm.com and see how you can be right here in our little studio. Yeah, I know for one, I'll be uh, I'll be alumni DJing over the summer. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. So, so it's, it's really definitely, fun. definitely something to consider. But anyway, we are do here it. to discuss the reaction to the reaction of what happened in Sri Lanka on Easter. And a lot of people are angry because political figures like Barack Obama called the victims of the bombing Easter worshipers instead of Christians. And a lot of people think he is kind of, I'm trying to think of the words, but not discriminating against, but not supporting Christians by naming them as the victims in the attack. So a lot of people have been really angry at Obama, and not just Obama, but other political figures who have said similar phrases to Easter worshipers or also did not mention Christianity in their tribute, Twitter tributes, by the way, not actual social tributes to the Sri Lankans. I find this just really interesting because I'm not a Christian. I was raised Jewish. And something I've, I've, that this made me think of is there's almost no other religion where it would actually be, like, appropriate to refer to them by, like, the, like the group name. Because if you said, you know, like, the attacks on Jews doesn't sound great or really kind of but naming any kind of group by their name. And maybe, maybe as, as a Christian, which I am not, it's, it's a different kind of association, but it seems a little almost like he was just hedging trying not to be offensive and maybe offended some people but it sounded like he was trying not to identify a whole religion if that makes sense yeah no absolutely my i have two things right off the bat first of all anything obama says is going to be criticized tan suit is anything he says or does especially when it comes to religion um and my other point, and I guess question, is is the term Easter worshiper and the term Christian not synonymous? I think the problem was that Christians don't, like, worship Easter because Easter is just a day, not a person. Oh, well, because he didn't say observer, Easter observers. I guess so. Yeah. I guess a lot of people, they see it as a cop-out when he could have just said Christian. But it's, they think he didn't I, want to because a lot of people think that he's trying to be... I don't know how to phrase it. It's like trying to be like too... Uh, I, like a lot of it comes from the nuances. People are upset that he didn't, you know, say Christians and instead said Easter worshipers. And so it's like, well, why why are you playing so hard on the nuances where it's like if you're at an Easter mass, you're more than likely a Christian. It, it right. makes sense to, to say that. So it's like, why didn't you? And then the people who, you know, tend to fall in that category are like... Well, why didn't you just call us that? You're not even addressing us by by who we are, and are sort of trying to protect yourself. But in in that, you've end up you know, upsetting us further. Yeah, I think uh, personally, it's a little bit of an overreaction, just because it's just a tweet, and mm-hmm. I think you really should be focusing more on helping them and less right. on what Obama says over a tweet. Although I do understand, um, as a Christian, I can see why it would be offensive, kind of for the reasons you said. And it's just kind of trying to make it seem like smoothing it over, make it less religious or more of a secular thing when 
Easter is specifically celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So it's like there's no other way to put it other than Christian. So I can see why people are a little annoyed. I don't necessarily agree with his choice of words. I think he was trying to smooth things over, and I agree, be a little PC. But I don't think it's worth all this controversy because it really is just a tweet. A tweet. It's like wasted energy over a tweet. Oh, you yeah. know? Like, yeah. oh, my goodness gracious. Like, I'm not – I'm going to stop. I know I'm not. The current <laughs> president <laughs> – the current president, oh, like, look at – like, he tweets like it's his – job to tweet you know what i mean and yes like we we look at like his tweets and they're analyzed and whatever but not as closely and hardly as like obama's tweet about obama isn't even the current president like why are people getting so worked up over a tweet about this devastating horrible 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 thing that happened and people are are deciding to, to spend their energy and and focus on the nitpick words of a former president over the internet when I think that energy could be better spent trying to do something productive, be something productive and positive and yeah, like people a, just love getting worked up and they love, yeah. you know, I don't know. Well, that's a really interesting point is, yeah, he's not the president anymore. It's not like he's in a position of like influence besides anything that he is besides he used to be the president. Right, and it's I think like, what are you going to do to stop you? You know, boycott Barack Obama from what? At the heart of it, he did say something, you know, and it was, I thought, you know, it it was positive and nice, and he was, it wasn't anything negative, you oh, know. It was I just a good think sentiment. people are, yeah, it was a good sentiment, and it was it was coming from a good place. So I think people just need to calm down and and just I don't find know. something more worthwhile to be angry about. There's lots of it out there. Like, oh yes, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I can, I don't know. I like, don't think it's worth all the work up, but I can see why, especially because in Sri Lanka, I guess Christians are really discriminated against in general. So I think some people are, think that if he had called them by Christians, it would have been a little more personable, supportive or personable. Um, just because the Christians there are like face a decent amount of discrimination. Well, and the the attack was targeted specifically because they were Christians. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I can see, I guess I can see the concern, but I don't think it's worth it. Right. Yeah. And and, and I, I think going off of that, I think part of it is like, well, well, by not calling them Christians, it like alienates them from the support, which is, I know a lot of people are upset about, especially if uh, there's, there's a, a good deal of like very, very, very conservative figures who are like, well, this is because the left has completely tried to re- remove all aspect of religiosity, which just seems a bit ridiculous to me. But uh, I, I know that that's that's what they're claiming. If you, dear listener, want to hop in to this conversation, though, you could always call or text in at 970-491-5278. That number is 970-491-5278. Or you could hit us up on Twitter at KCSUFM because we want to hear what you have to say. Everybody has a bit of an opinion on uh, on these types of things, especially since they're the, the minutia between the, the points is so small and, it, and they get nitpicked so hard. We'd love to hear what you have to say. Yes. Send us your nitpicks. That's not gross. I don't know. I don't know. It's a better word for that phrase. An instant regret. Text us in, please. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Anyway, serious national news aside, it's time for the best part of the show. It's the best. I'm trying to find our theme song. Oh, here it is. Uh, Oh, no. Wait. 
Oh, nice birds. Aww. I don't have my headphones. It's, it's time <laughs> for the weather. So in case y'all didn't know, today was really nice. It was a really, really nice day. More shorts for the first time this semester. I know. A high of 66, you know, all sunny. Whew, this is what I love for Fort Collins. But you know what? Tomorrow's going to be even nicer. High of 72. That's like oh, that's like literally what you crave your house to be. Just the perfect 72 degrees all the time. <laughs> sunny. And it'll be like that outside. Is that not a dream come true? If only a low 45, we're not even dipping into the cold lands there. Thursday, though. Well, I'll give you a little bit of a sneak peek. You might as well pack a raincoat because no. it's going to be a little rainy. It's going to be a rainy day, but it's not going to be that cold. JD, so tell me more. I, you're going to have to wait until mm. the Rocky what? Mountain Review on Thursday no. to find out more. Wait, okay, I have another question for our listeners and our people in the room. Is 72 degrees the ideal house temperature? Yeah, no, yes. it is definitely it's, not. It's what your it's too thermostat warm. naturally goes to. I saw Katie's to. face. Like, like, <laughs> too some, warm. Some controversy here. I know, would say 67, 68. That is way too cold, no, Katie. No, it sure actually, is not. That actually that sounds pretty nice. I agree yeah. with you on that. The reason I bring up that claim is... Uh, I, for whatever reason, I saw it on like an episode of the Twilight Zone. They're like, this house is 72 <laughs> degrees and it's perfect temperature. <laughs> and it's stuck with me forever. So whenever I see 72, I'm like, ah, yes, the perfect temperature. <laughs> it's like an old lady in a chair. We live a luxury life in our house. <laughs> in the Twilight degrees. Zone. Yeah, so, so I got to take that with a grain I've never heard of that, but I believed you when you said that was the right temperature. I was like, yeah, that is the right temperature. <laughs> so. Now I want to go home and watch the Twilight Zone. I, I just want to go home and check my thermostat. 72 degrees, I feel, during the day, but at Late night, 60s. I like it to be cold. Me too. I love yeah. it to be cold. Uh, I, I sleep fans. with my window open. Three sixty-five. I think sixty-eight is my good. Mm. Time. I have to really offset it because I've got puppy heat, but I've also got a bunch of fans, and so I just have to figure out the right balance of puppy to fans. That's how my roommate is. She has like a space heater and a fan going simultaneously, <laughs> and I'm like, if you just stopped both of these things, <laughs> I think it would be okay. Yeah, but then if then if you don't have the space heater, then it's too cold. But then if if you have to have the the fan to like keep the space heater from getting too hot it's like it's like a couple degree gain but not a lot i guess so well, i don't know i'm I think glad i don't strange. need that i just like it the cold strange. yeah that's after weird. being in the dorms my sophomore year that's when i realized how diverse people's inner temperatures whatever yeah, the core temperature yeah. that's yeah, how you learn we to would sleep always have ours anything. at 68 the guy next to us was from florida and he would put it at like 78 oh and gosh. i was like your room is disgusting. 78 Ooh, degrees. That is horrible. Do you have like, like a, a humidifier in there too? Yeah, it was terrible. It's like a crocodile thing. Oh, I was like, that's awful. dude, what are you doing? <laughs> and then a lot of people would have them at like 72 to 75. No, it's like, too that's warm. crazy. That's nice. And then I knew someone when I would put it at like 62. And I was like, okay, that's this is an icebox. That's too cold. But that's <laughs> nice that you were able to control the temperature yeah. in your dorm. I was just wow. thinking that's like, wait, you had individual thermostats? We didn't have that in What hall were you in? Braden Hall. Jeez. But only the transfer floor. So it's the fourth floor. Uh, so you don't get it if you're on the regular peasant floors. <laughs> oh, wow. Ouch. Everywhere Burn. in Braden Hall. Burn. You just got called out. Everyone who's in Braden Hall 2016. They have the vaulted ceilings paint instead of cinder box. Oh, wow. Nice Living. And, uh, Lavish. On... In my opinion, though, I deserved it because I transferred. <laughs> so I already had a crappy freshman having, dorm. Having to live on campus sophomore year. Yeah. I'm glad that like, you had a climate-controlled room. Thank you. And pretty painted high vaulted ceilings nah, thank you put that oh, one okay. nah. back in the bricks oh but, my gosh yeah corbett hall was not that luxurious let me tell you allison wasn't either but the transfer hall was nice good community yeah you guys had the good food though in corbett yeah and now there's even different and i, I they've changed it up 
I haven't gone there and since. I wanted. I keep trying to get in there. And You're I, complaining about food and you lived in Braden? Well, Braden's no, I'm not got complaining, like, but Corbett had better food than Braden. They had the burgers and the milkshakes all the time. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I loved my uh, eight... Your my nine a.m. omelets every morning. Oh yeah. See, I just had spoons, so I was I was at the oh, bottom, that's nice. bottom of the food bear. What? No, that's no spoons? dinner. Spoons. Spoons is pretty good. Spoons. But I loved pass. going to spoons. I'm, I'm with what? you, JD. I, I can only eat so many soups and sandwiches. There's well, so many different kinds for you to try every they, day. Well, they have like five soups. No, and, and like two salads. So they they obviously didn't day. frequent spoons your freshman year. Yeah, no, because there are some things you realize about spoons. Okay, everybody. That was like a 10-minute tornado <laughs> of thoughts. But anyway, Still weather. Thank you for sticking with us, dear listener. And we would also like to thank our reporters, Katie and Max, as well as Allison, for all of their lovely reporting. Thank you. As well as our programming director, Zay Reyes, for his lovely Earl Sweatshirt concert review. And I want to thank you, J.D. Oh, well, thank you. I'll thank you as I'm thanking you. Okay. Emily. Oh, my Man, goodness. that just sounded terrible. That did sound terrible. Oof. But don't go away because we'll be back on Thursday. So stay with KCSU. Until then, you are listening to 90.5 KCSU for Collins. Up next, we have Drowning by The Pink Dust.